This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Any Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. Welcome to the Annie Fry Show. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Uh, exciting day here for us because we are starting the show off with an in studio guest. And that in-studio guest is Congressman Mike Bost, and he's from Illinois' District 12, and we are happy to have you here. Congressman, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thank you for having me in. Appreciate so, it. There's a million different things to talk about oh, right sure. now. So I think the biggest thing that I keep hearing the President of the United States talking about is, why have you not passed the border, or excuse me, no, not the border funding. Why have you not passed the funding for Ukraine and Israel, the, the package that was sent over to the House from the sure. Senate? All right, that's that's a pretty good easy explanation. One, easy. yeah, I would vote for the Israel by itself, um, but with, when we talk about Ukraine, unless we put some guides in place. Now, the first two times I voted for Ukraine funding because I believe we need to make sure we're stopping Putin. But the problem is, is that Ukraine has a tendency to not necessarily direct the money where it actually needs to go for mm. beans, bullets, and band aids, and we've caught them at that. So unless you put in the language something that actually allows for us to do oversight of how the money is spent, that's not exactly the best thing to do with our taxpayers when we're already in debt to where we are. I do believe we need to support our allies, and, and I think Ukraine, uh, by, by supporting them and helping them in this fight, it keeps that fight from coming to us. As far as Israel, we can send them. I would support that funding because they actually – are very good about where they spend their money, mostly in the Iron Dome protection, mostly in the in the, in the actual battle uh, of to uh, defeat Hamas, um, and and so we know and we we they're our greatest ally. Right, Ukraine. Remember, they came off of a, the spinoff and the of whenever the USSR broke up, and because of that. Uh, bribery and uh, skimming off the top is is pretty common in the country, and we just need to make sure we have the oversight. So, Congressman Mike Boston, studio with us. He's going to be here with us for two segments. So, we're excited to um, be able to bring your questions to him as well. Join us on the Annie Fry YouTube channel, and if you've got questions, Ryan, you're checking out what people are saying as it comes in right now, correct? Yep, I'll be, I will be. 
I will be monitoring the stream. You're just going to have to yell really loud. I'll be monitoring the stream, Annie. <laughs> okay. From over here. Are you willing to take questions from people sure. that are that sure. listening and, and, and uh, sure. going to be voting here in a Illinois primary not too long from now, Missouri primary and caucus, that whole situation is a little bit different. Uh, would you support... Would you support and vote for a bill to fund Israel before the border? Like, if they if they didn't get you the whole would, deal package, would, would you still support Israel? I would Israel? Israel, but I would not Ukraine, okay? I think I think that is what—because because the Democrats in the Senate really want that, and they've got to figure out how to—and and I'm going to tell you, I'm not happy with the bill they tried to pass— uh, Having a having a fail safe that only kicks in after five thousand of people have crossed the border in one day is not really a good idea. Whenever we're trying to actually get it under control, they need to pass HR two, which has now been over there over ten months. Yeah, and uh, it has clear guidelines on what it is it's supposed to do. Remain in Mexico. When we were down there on January talking to the to the head leaders there, they said that. If the remain in Mexico policy alone was put in place, that would stop 75 to 80 percent of the problem. Then you tie with that increasing the amount of border agents not to process people, but to actually control the border as, while we're busy building the wall, which is part of that as well. And then also stop the catch and release. Mm. So you've done you you have the House Republicans have addressed in H.R. 2. I hear a lot of Republicans saying it's there. It's there. Do something with it. Right. Where is the stop? Who's who has put their powerful hand up and say, no, we're not going to deal in, with in, that? In the Senate, it, it's Chuck Schumer. Just Chuck Schumer? Just, yeah, because he controls the Senate and, and that's where it's at. Um, so he's if he doesn't call it, then it's not going to get called. Now, the question is, if they put it up, do they? And this is what's weird about the Senate. Remember, the Senate isn't a simple majority vote. They have to have a supermajority vote. Sixty people have to vote in support of calling it. Before they actually take the vote for it, and then it only takes fifty percent after sixty people voted to accept it. So, from where I sit, which is the non-inside the Beltway uh, perspective on this issue, I hear the president say, "All he needs, Mike Bost, is for you to get on board. It's on you. You're a House Republican. He's putting all the pressure on House Republicans. The Senate isn't picking up what the House Republicans have passed to even vote down." Pick it up and vote it down if you don't like it, but stand on it. The the Democrats in the Senate are saying, come on, House Republicans. So yeah. to me, it looks like huge problems that need to be addressed. Lots of pointing and blaming, like the Spider-Man meme that everybody knows from, from the Internet. And maybe the political capital is more important to the parties involved than actually solving the problem. Let, let, let me say for what the president said, um, a Southern Illinois, term, Southern Illinois term, hogwash. Um, <laughs> I know that term. So... Uh, let me say that, remember, when Trump was in office, we did not have this problem at the border. Why did we not have the problem at the border? Because the Remain in Mexico policy was in place. The Mexican government was forced, because of fear of tariffs, to not do what they're supposed to do under international law, which not allow people to pass through their country because they can be the sanctuary if they choose to be and, and not send them on to us. The remain, uh, Trump never did the catch and release. Trump was building the wall. All of that stopped. Those were all done by administrative rule. And Biden is saying he can't do anything. He wants you to but his, he his words, give the him the power. Rule. Yeah, well, he had the power. He had, then he had also had the power to take it down because it was administrative rule. I would prefer it is in law, but for, for the president, for President Biden, to say he can't do it without Congress, 
That is ridiculous. Trump did it. He can do it. Here's here's a, here's a question. You can take this however you like. Does does President Biden know that he has the power? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why is everybody laughing? That is a question. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I. It depends on the day. <laughs> That's I. You know, um, and and. There are to the days when when the president is on, I'm sure he knows he has the power. OK. OK. <laughs> there You answered that question exactly how I how I um, hoped you would. <laughs> so you, you talked about Trump. You brought Trump in. You've invoked the name of Trump. So I want to talk a little bit about Biden and Trump. And they both used executive authority to to greatly affect what is going on on the southern border. There is a lot of consequence involved in this November election. Mm -hmm. But you also have just said here you would like to see it legislatively in In law. law. You bet. Uh, How does this happen? Well, first off, if you have a president, uh, first off, if, if you would have a Senate that was Republicans and we being either have more authority, well, if we had a larger majority in the House, like I did whenever when I first went in, remember, mm-hmm. right now uh, we are at, uh, we're actually at two seventeen, two eighteen, just barely in the majority. Uh, but the Democrats are down a few, so so we're barely in the majority. When I first came into the Congress, we were at two forty three. That's a huge that's, number. That's and really can, workable. Yeah, it, it was because if 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 you had somebody that wanted to go rogue, you'd say, okay, go, you know, because we don't need your vote. We're we're, we're going to get this done. Um, if we're at that point and then we have a Senate um, and a president, then you can actually move this. And the negotiations are instead of trying to play got you, you're really trying to find what is the best way there. Um, and it might not be an extreme right position, uh, it, but a governing position that that um, is sensible that we can pass and still uh come to an agreement between a majority of the parties involved. That's where we're not at. And so, yes, I would love to see it in permanent law so that we don't have a president come in every time whoever the president make a decision and go, no, yeah. I'm going to open the borders or for whatever reason. First off, you, I, I don't know what any reason that a president would have <laughs> for leaving our borders open and dealing with this. And even to the point that if you notice the Democrats in inner cities are now waking up to the fact, oh, my goodness, this isn't a good thing. Yeah. Um, but they, they really believe, I think, that, that they come across, then somehow they get them to where they can vote. And they've already that's tried. That's the only to, way. That's the only that's reason the only to reason. do it. That's There's the no reason. other logical and, explanation. And, and a good example of this is I, the other day, um, about a month or so ago, uh, I actually carried a bill, um, maybe it was a little more than a month ago, because the city council of D.C. had voted to let non-citizens vote in their local elections. And I actually carried a bill to stop that. Now, why is that different than it is in a state? Well, remember, D.C. is a territory. Mm-hmm. And so who governs the territory? The U.S. Congress. So we can override them. Now, when you start dealing with the with the states, now all of a sudden you got the 10th Amendment you got to deal with. And so they can actually do things with their elections. Now, the question is, can they allow those that are um non-citizens the right to vote I, I don't think they can but that would be a test of if all of a sudden states start trying to do that but but understand that 
more of your uh, blue states would be very, very, very willing to try to do that. Yeah. I mean, you're in the state of Illinois, as am I, and and we see that Governor Pritzker has been very critical of Governor Abbott in Texas, Mm -hmm. as if as if Abbott is the problem here that we need to solve, which is disgusting to me because that looks like J.B. Pritzker can solve all his problems through winning elections, period. End of story. That's that's all that Mm -hmm. there is to it. Well, there's that whole Constitution thing. It's not about the American people. Right. That's about politics. Um, We I, I think that Governor Abbott and Ron DeSantis sending those migrants to blue cities and taking the heat for it has been a huge catalyst in showing how the Trump policies mm-hmm. and the Biden policies are Differ. so different. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and the thing is, it's easy to say you want to be a sanctuary city if you don't ever have to be a sanctuary city. <laughs> and then you deal with the consequences of being a sanctuary city. And now all of a sudden or a sanctuary state. Now, all of a sudden you're trying to put the genie back in the bottle and you can't. And, and now the cost and whenever it starts, think about this, because whether you're in Chicago, whether you're in New York, whether you're in L.A., all that money you're spending on here, people who are here illegally, you can't take care of the people that actually are taxpayers, are, are natural citizens mm-hmm. here because your money has been sucked dry. And so you can't really provide for the needs of those people who might need your help in the inner cities. Yeah. We're speaking with Congressman Mike Boss. He is the current representative for Illinois' 12th district and, of course, running for reelection this November. We've got people who are sending in comments to us right now on the Annie Fry YouTube. So, Ryan, why don't you ask the congressman one of the questions coming in from one of our listeners here? This one comes from Info Dude. He says, are they able to break the bills into individual bills? Per country. You talked about that at the beginning of the segment. Uh, Can you just do an Israel bill? Who's blocking that from happening? You actually can. Uh, What that what that entails is, is quite often it's leadership, either on the Republican side and in the House and the Democrat side in the Senate. Know that they try to tie these two together. Also know this quite often. They will try to do it when they're running their numbers of who can support it or why they need an excuse to, to, to. Like I said, I don't know whether you get Ukraine passed in the House. Uh, you, you probably would. But there'd be a balance between Republican and Democrat if it was called by itself. But the thing is, if you take the border away from that, you lose leverage of those people who uh, who, for whatever reason, don't want to support the border. So that's that's why you see it done. And it's not only done in that. I'll give you the best example of that. We are right now and for years we've had the farm bill. And a lot of people believe that the farm bill only deals with agriculture. Guess what? Only 20 percent of it deals with agriculture because 80 percent of it deals with the SNAP and nutrition program. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because you would never get an inner city member of Congress to support an ag bill that was that was strictly with agriculture. Likewise, you probably wouldn't get the the SNAP program supported by areas that don't have a high poverty rate or, or anything like that. Because they would be voting their own district. So they try to put these things together. Same thing there. Could they be separated? You're doggone right they can. All you have to do is make sure, though, the the one thing is it has to be like a single subject rule. So somehow Mm -hmm. there has to be a tie between the two. These are all funding bills, okay? It's funding whether you're fixing the border or funding whether you're giving it to Ukraine or whether you're giving it to Israel or Taiwan, okay? So those are all fine because they meet that requirement. But you can't have a bill, let's say, about education tied with a bill that has to do with, with um, uh, purchasing uh, equipment for war. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. That, that's a separation thing. So 
we're speaking with Congressman Mike Bost right now. Who is actually opposed to telling Ukraine, here's what you can spend it on, and we need to know where the dollars are going? Who is actually in opposition to that? I believe that there are Democrats in the Senate who believe we should just do the block funding like we did in the original bills and send it, and I don't really understand why. Are they being asked that question? Publicly on record, some are, some are, and some just don't don't answer. They just they just claim well for Ukraine. You know, if they have a large portion of their district that is Ukrainian, you know, uh, people who are here that are one generation or two generations away from Ukraine, we have that in Chicago. There's a couple districts that actually they are Ukrainian com- communities, and I would say that they would argue that just send it. You do it for Israel, just send it uh, without strings attached. That's pretty hard for me because I I know, like I said, it's not anything bad against. The Ukrainian people, but it is against the way way they think when they do their government. They have a storied history of corruption. Correct. Correct. I I can tell you of a time whenever as a state legislator, I went over right after the breakup. uh, There was a whole group of state legislators from Illinois that went over to watch because the Illinois uh, National Guard was in a uh, like a 19 army war game. And we went over to watch. We had missed our window, and a general required five hundred dollars in payment just to allow us to fly back out. Mm. And, from, and from back out from Ukraine, yeah. So this is the type of stuff they do. Whenever, I, whenever I heard that, oh, we're going to charge you five hundred dollars to leave <laughs> to the show leave too. Yeah. yeah, actually, we'll make it two fifty. We'll take it easy on you. <laughs> that yeah, two fifty per person. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in the room. Um, I I just. Some of these things from the outside looking in seem very simple. I understand that when the sausage is being made, it's not simple. But I do wish these people would be held accountable, which is why I wish that we had a more uh, a voter, taxpayer, citizen advocate media that would pressure these people to well, answer these you, questions. You need the media to do that, but you also need the people. Look, I, I'm pretty sure that the people who are listening to your show spend a lot of time studying to figure out. But I'm going to tell you, the average person... They get home from work. They're going to want to watch sports, a comedy. Yeah. They, they keep their they, this is head out of the politics. And, and, and you know, a lot of the stuff we deal with, there's a term in D.C., uh, very wonky. Okay. <laughs> and wonky means that, that we are focused on, um, you know, so. And, <laughs> and um, so wonky means that, that, you you get down into the details of, of why a bill can pass. Also, then you also learn, you know, what the policy is to move a bill through the House, where your pitfalls might be, everything. And, and I'll really bore your audience by going, for instance, there's a when we quite often pass a bill, there is a bird rule. In the Senate. And it has to go over to the Senate and make sure there's no violation. of. And this was a former Senator Byrd that mm-hmm. put these all in place. And so we give it's actually called a bird bath. Oh, there you go. That's a good. I like that one. And like so you you start learning this stuff, but for the average person, they're like, I don't care. Just uh-uh. pass the bill. Just do it. Yeah. Just, just yeah. we sent you there to do something. Get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, and of course, we know that our forefathers didn't really create the American government system to move at a rapid, speedy pace. No, no, no. no. When 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 they make the statement, it takes an act of Congress. Yeah. Yeah. That's because <laughs> that's not that's not a a time uh a, a time positive thing. We've got Congressman Mike Bost in studio with us. He is your representative in the 12th District of Illinois. He's also the chair of the House Veterans Affairs Committee, and he's going to stick with us for one more uh, segment here. So if you've got questions, Ryan's monitoring them. I know he's got several here. 
One of them wants to know about uh, tax dollars in the state of Illinois and its connection to possibly supporting illegal immigrants. Uh, Another one is asking us some questions about U.S. Steel, which I know that you know a lot Mm -hmm. about. So stick around for that. We'll ask Congressman Mike Boss about that. And I am going to play for him a clip that we had on our show on Friday when we had Congressman Matt Gates, Congressman Boss colleague, on the show Making a comment about Congressman Boss. We'll see what Boss's response is when we come back. Not every district is the same, but the real problem I have is it's corrupt up there, and both parties participate in it. I'm the only Republican in the Congress who doesn't take any lobbyist money or any political action committee money. I, I just you know, fund my campaign through the people, and then the strings aren't attached. And I see how that affects people like Congressman Boss and so many. And it's not even a partisan critique. So I want people to have my back, to come to Congress, to be patriots like Darren Bailey. That'll be the message we're sharing tonight, Heron Civic Center at 5 p.m. So that was Congressman Matt Gates, who we booked for the show Friday, during the show on Friday. That I, I didn't even, I wish I would have had more time to prepare for a conversation with him, but grateful that they reached out and wanted to come on the show. We had, Brad, you can confirm, we have had Congressman Boss booked to be in studio today before. Yeah, yeah, we had him booked, I think it was Wednesday of last week that we had him booked. Yeah, so we had Congressman Boss in here, uh, scheduled to come in. Matt Gates comes on the show Friday, throws darts on the Andy Fry show towards Congressman Boss because Gates is in town stumping for Darren Bailey. You two are in a primary together, and I thought the right thing to do would be able to give you an opportunity to respond on this show to that. So what Matt Gates said is, is that he doesn't fund with now when he first gave it, came there, he did. OK. And then what he discovered through social media by doing radical off the wall things, there is a group out there that follows him online and they'll send him large contributions of money from around the nation. Um, let me tell you that. And that's the problem. Uh, he's more worried about getting likes on social media than actually governing. We have to govern. Now, I'm a conservative that governs, okay? That is, that is really uh, what is required. Look, in a perfect world, they'd all think exactly like me, but it's a representative form of government. Matt, on the other hand, is known to be the rock thrower in the room um, and quite often living in a glass house while he's throwing rocks. But he will – well, the best example was why he really – and what the inside baseball was, why he made a motion to vacate the chair from Kevin McCarthy. One, he did it because Kevin wouldn't do some things that he wanted done, which will come out later. Um, but the real issue was that his likes on his Facebook were slowing down and the contributions on his social media were slowing down. So if you do something really radical, then you can do that. Now, then he also built on that over the three weeks we were out without a speaker, even to the point that it was causing us to, to, to have trouble to come to an agreement on the speaker. And then he would go out and tell things that when, when you're working in Congress and you're in your own uh, conference, sometimes you want to be able to keep what's going on in there just between the family. Yeah. But Matt Gates is one that goes out and says things, and it doesn't have to always be always be true. But he's the first one to run out and stick a camera. You stick a camera in his face, or stick a microphone in in front of him. He's going to blurt things out that aren't necessarily true, but advance his cause. And I'm I'm sorry that he's that way. Um, but we all have to deal with people where we work, with 
people maybe we don't agree with. Yeah, right. Uh, but it does. It is. It is. It is frustrating. <laughs> no, I understand that. <laughs> Mr. Boss understands that. He's here today. So yeah, Ryan always is trying to vacate the host chair on this show. Okay. <laughs> do, you have, you, do you have that vote here? I don't. Know. Yeah, we're gonna I, no, have I a vote later. Yeah. See how Annie does today. <laughs> we'll see. Ryan, you better poll first before you call for that vote. <laughs> oh, we're speaking with Congressman Mike Boss. We did have uh, Matt Gates on the show on Friday. And one of the things he was talking about, it was interesting in that in that instance that he was talking about how Matt Gates approaches Congress. But he was there to, to stump for Darren Bailey. Now, Darren Bailey ran for governor, and I very much so supported him in his run for that. J.B. Prisker is an absolute disaster for the state of Illinois. I, I and I would have voted I for this uh, Nature's Bakery Fit Bar over J.B. Prisker for governor if I would have had the opportunity. Um Darren Bailey is now running for your seat in Correct. a primary, mm-hmm. and what I continue to hear is you've been there long enough. I think there's a, a suggestion that you're part of the establishment, that you're interested in the interests of uh, not your constituents, but maybe those special interests that exist. That's what I continue to hear. Okay. What do you think? Well, let me tell you this. I didn't run for this job originally for my ego. I ran for my grandkids and for the future of the nation and for the future of of the Illinois 12th District. Now, when he first came out and started running, he said that it was just time for a change. He didn't figure he couldn't say why that was a time for a change. Now, let me say that most places when I'm talking about that, I say, well, first off, I'm not old. I'm not senile. And if I was, I'd run for president. (laughs) But the thing is, um, when when we when when we're looking at who you want in Congress, I've been there nine years. I am on the Transportation Infrastructure Committee. I'm on the Ag Committee. I'm on the VA Committee, but not only that, I'm on the VA Committee and I'm chairman of the VA Committee. Now, the last time in Illinois that there was a chairman, not of a subcommittee, but of a full committee, was 42 years ago south of Springfield. So I've been blessed by my colleagues to be there. Now, let me tell you the advantage of that. When... You are chairman of the VA committee. Every member, whether they are located in the United States or in our territories, they have veterans in their district. And when they need help, they come to me and through our committee. We develop those relationships. And what that does is so not only when you're dealing with veterans issues, but every issue, you have a good working relationship with those members. And you can go to them and say, hey. I know we worked with you on this. We've got to figure out what's going on. That's an advantage for your state. It's a advantage for your district. It's an advantage for the country to understand mm-hmm. that you've got an experienced person there and has developed that. Uh, and, and and to tell you the truth, like I said, it, uh, this working in D.C. is not something I want to do forever. But right now we're in a position that uh, Illinois 12th has some tremendous advantages with the experience level that I have. Um, we talked about the wonkiness and everything like that. You can understand who are the people that are. And, and here, let me say this, too. And I'll say it because I'll go back with Matt Gates on this. There are workhorses and there's show horses. The workhorses get things done. And maybe we're not chasing after the media where we're on 24 hour news networks or getting our social likes on our on our phone. But we're doing the job. I'd like to take pride in the fact that I'm actually getting the job done. There's several. There's one particular organization that rated me as in the top ten of being able to get things done uh, to try to move legislation. Um, and so, all the arguments seems more like I just want a job than it does that I want to do a good job and I want to do what's best for the Illinois 12. Yeah, I mean, 
holding experience against you is only a problem if the experience isn't representing the people. Correct. In your constituency. Ryan has a question about U.S. Steel, and we were talking before we came on the show about when Donald Trump came to U.S. Steel. And, Congressman, I was at that event, and Mm -hmm. it was... It was such a happy place to be. You bet. We brought 3,000 people back to work. Let's listen to Ryan. Go ahead and read the question from the listener right now, and we'll give the congressman an opportunity to Okay, this is from a listener named Steve who's in St. Clair County in Illinois. He says, would the representative be able to discuss U.S. Steel, what's yeah. been going on with yeah, U.S. Let me, Steel? Yeah, let me tell you what I, I can tell you everything. I was former, uh, uh, com- uh, well, co-chairman of the Steel Caucus in, in Congress, uh, and understand that I used to work or used to represent Alton and also uh, Granite City. Now the di- maps are different. That being said, I still have a, 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 a understanding of this. So what happened is, is, is President Trump all of a sudden saw what was happening with dumping of illegal steel and through the Commerce Commission directed, Commerce uh, Commission head was Ross at the time, uh, he directed us to go and implement what was known as the 232. The 232 is basically says that by, we're going to put tariffs on certain things because it is endangering uh, the the national security. Well, we only had a few places left producing United States steel, and we only had a few one place producing the cable that goes in all of our transformers. Hmm. All, all the rest was being bought from China. So the 232 was put in place. That brought those 3,000 jobs back. So that was wonderful. They're working. Everything's great. Then the state of Illinois changed their energy policies. Hmm. Though U.S. Steel won't say that's the reason. They'll say, well, there's many reasons. I wonder why. But basically, why. because hmm. they can't, it is so expensive to produce, burn through the, the, the amount of energy that it takes to produce this steel. They are building the new, new plants in Arkansas, and they are moving the jobs to Arkansas. Because that's of Illinois. Because of Illinois law. So, because of Illinois law. So yeah. Illinois government has caused Granite City to right. lose all of those jobs. Right. And right. they're going to see Sarah Huckabee Sanders. They're, they're going to Arkansas. Now, the other concern I do have, okay, even though J- Japan is our ally, okay, a, a Japan interest is talking about buying U.S. steel. I think that that's a very scary thing. I think that's, uh, look, like I said, they're our ally today, but what if they're not in the future? And they have controlling interest of the most one of the most important products we have for doing all of our construction and everything like that. So we're speaking with Congressman Mike Bost. He is the uh, U.S. Congressman for Illinois' 12th district, as we've mentioned here, chair of the House Veterans Affairs Committee. Last question that I want to ask you and, and give you an opportunity to speak on however you choose. When we look at the state of Illinois, we see a lot of what's going on in Chicago. We've I've, I've seen so many reports yeah. of of urban Democrats in Chicago looking at Mayor Johnson going, what are you doing with the funds that we're paying here, taxpayer dollars that we're paying, are going to help illegal immigrants exist here? And for what? And for how long? They're very frustrated about it. But I'm always thinking, too, about the children who are not getting the care and the funding that they need, but also our veterans who are losing out on taxpayer funds to support them, to get them the help they need because it's being redirected to subsidize the crisis that Joe Biden has created. Right. In your experience, what kind of information can you give about that? Let me tell you this. So with my job as chairman of the VA committee, um, we have 
what's known as uh, and every member of Congress, depending on what committee they are, not only do we pass laws, part of the Constitution says our job is oversight. We control the purse strings and then we provide oversight to make sure the administration is handling correctly. We had a whistleblower come to us um, basically saying that the VA was paying for health care. Uh, of those that had come across illegally. So we immediately went into an investigation of oversight. The It was going through the VA. However, the, the mechanism is the same thing we use in VA. So, for instance, if you go out and receive care out in the community, not at the VA, but, but you go to a private doctor, and, and now all of a sudden that private doctor has to be paid, there is an arm of the VA that handles that funding, Okay. What happened is, is the Homeland Security, when dealing with these health issues on the illegal immigrants, they were sending money through the VA's pipeline and reimbursing the VA and paying them for services. But the problem is, our question, and this is where we're still on oversight there, Mm -hmm. is to say, okay, fine, you're, you're paying for it out of this bucket of money over here, which people still have problems with, but... You say it's not costing the VA, but is it costing the VA time that they should be paying for those services that we're giving to a veteran? Yeah. That's why we have to do the oversight on that, and that's from our side. As far as what's happening to take money away from veterans through the state funds, don't have the access to to do oversight on that. The state legislators would have to check that. But, I mean, same thing could be happening. Man, it's, it's very difficult to see... How big, I mean, the problem of immigration, illegal immigration seems to be exponentially growing and reaching into areas, communities and, and, and people kind of waking up to how big this problem is that I fear that it is, um, I fear that it is going to get past the point of being able to fix and we're going to have to deal with it. When when we talked earlier about HR2, if we put HR2 in place today. And we stopped, because that's what we have to do. We have to stop the bleeding, right? Stop what's flying over. The amount of years it's going to take us to track down everyone who has won, even come across, and they were registered and and, and brought over, and they did a catch and release. You can't put that back. Mm. And 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 the and the cost that it's going to cause. So so I think the numbers they were telling me was there are. Based on the children alone that are being reported that are coming across with parents, we are creating enough for as many as 30 school districts a week. Oh, my gosh. Think about that. 30 school districts a week that are going to have to be expanded out here throughout this nation. And and so many of us, depending on which state you're in, on the funding for education and everything like that, the argument of, of you know, of course, we'd, we'd like choice, but... The, the, the argument of, okay, I'm going to have to fund this. And then remember this. When an illegal comes in and, if, and, and, and odds are they don't know the English language, the whole class is slowed down because you have to educate at the yes. level of the least one being educated. Yep. And, and, and these are the things that the American people have to wake up to that of all the problems it's caused. I have no problem with legal immigration. A majority of that's the only reason we're here. But... Legal immigration occurs when you have a controlled border. You have an entry point where we can check that. It's for our homeland security, for the, the being able to handle our budget. The list goes on and on and on. But if we don't get this under control, if it's not already too late. Whew. Well, we need people 
in uh, Congress, certainly, that understand how to fix these problems. And I know that you were uh, pushing hard for another uh, opportunity from the constituents in your district and in the, in the 12th to earn that back from them. Bossedforcongress.com? Is that the, mm-hmm. is that the yeah. campaign yep. website? If people want to learn more about you or support you, uh, it's going to be an interesting primary here. I know that there is a, a lot at stake for every person that we send to Congress. And I've always appreciated my opportunity to speak with you. And I thank you for coming in here today. Thanks for having me in. And, and you know, um, we're going to keep out there. And, you know, we've got about a month left of this yeah. campaign. And but but during that time, I'll still be doing the job as chairman and still doing the job as congressman. So fantastic. Thank you. We'll have you back soon. Thanks. Appreciate you. Congressman Mike Bost, the representative for Illinois 12th District Chair of the House Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh, go check them out at boss.house.gov or also bossforcongress.com. We'll be right back. Wiggins. Oh! This here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. What an interesting juxtaposition of songs. I was going to say the same thing. Wow. Bit of a difference. Bit of a change. You want to talk about whiplash? I tell you what, man. Chris whenever Isaac, I walk into Wiggins, any America. room, I feel like that song should be playing. The Chris Isaac song, not the not the cowboy song. Create a realia and insert this happening here. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I walk on the camera, Leah, if you could have that plan. Uh, all right. Uh, this is, of course, the weekend roundup because it's Tuesday. We had a long weekend with President's Day. Uh, but this is what has happened since you last tuned in. This is everything you need to know. First, Trump's high top sneakers sell out hours after launch. I'm a huge fan of the sneaker push. I like it, too. You know what? It's pretty cool. It's cool if it works. And it worked. And if nobody <laughs> buys them, then it's like, what were you thinking? Yeah, Trump said, I just want to tell you, I've wanted to do this for a long time when he was unveiling the sneaker line on Saturday. I have some incredible people that work for me on things. You're starting to talk like him. I know. You can't not. And they came up with this, and this is something I've been talking about for 12 years, 13 years, and I think it's going to be a big success, he said. Huge. Only a thousand pairs of gold shoes. If you haven't seen them, yeah. they are gold, gold shoes. shoes. <clears throat> $400 a pair. Uh, only a thousand pair were made. And so that's 400000 bucks. $400,000. 10 of the gold sneakers were randomly autographed by Trump, and they are already sold out. So good for him. Yeah, Trump sneakers are not. Oh, it, they had to say Trump sneakers are not designed, manufactured, distri- distributed, by, or sold by Donald J. Trump, the Trump Organization, or any of their respective. Affiliates or principals. Imagine <laughs> what Joe Biden's sneakers would look like. Would they just be kind of soft loafers? They, they, Velcro. I was sitting okay. there thinking they'd probably be like the like white New Balance dad shoes. That would be that would be okay. I think if you're like some old garage su- shoes that don't, you know, that you cut grass in them. Yeah, this is an like that. obvious obvious SNL skit that will never happen. Yeah, this is material at their doorstep that they're just not going to answer the. the no, door they'll make on. fun of the Trump sneakers where he just made four hundred k. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Keep thank laughing. you. Thank you very much. Uh, there is a fight over endless shrimp that is taking place and the legality of it. And Oklahoma City police officers are on the hunt for a woman who allegedly didn't like being told that endless shrimp didn't mean that she couldn't take shrimp in a to-go bag. I think this is a pretty good debate. I wonder what this woman looks like. (laughs) According to multiple media reports out of Oklahoma City, the police department says that a man and a woman entered an unnamed local establishment running an endless shrimp promotion, and then an argument with staff ensued. Police say the woman they're hunting for smashed plates and went on a verbal tirade after workers explained the shrimp promotion ground rules 
were that she couldn't take them home Trip with her. promotion ground rules. <laughs> I'm on the woman's side here. I bet you are. Because this if really it's you. endless shrimp, really you should be able to have as many as you want, even in your purse, to take home. No comment? Okay. <laughs> I think you're with the police here. I think you're not with me. I think that's what your silence says. I've seen you put shrimp in your purse. I call it a handbag or a fanny pack. And yes, I do put shrimp in it, especially the garlic ones or the coconut ones. Yeah. Last one. School si- school bus size satellite is about to crash into Earth's atmosphere this week. Great. Just in time. Uh, yeah, and here's the weird thing. This thing has been hurtling toward Earth for years, and they knew, well, eventually, because they have no control over this thing, eventually it's going to break through the atmosphere. So the question is, when? They say, soon. Okay. What kind of damage will it cause? Um, probably none. <laughs> Where is it going to land? We don't really know. Who's this saying? I mean, were they asking somebody in the street or are these experts? No, these are experts. Because those are the answers that I would have given. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, is this a man-made satellite or a natural satellite? This is a man-made satellite, school bus sized, and they say it's going to break up on entry and then there'll just be a bunch of pieces. Okay. Thank you very much. Play that nothing, whip one more time before we get out of here. Nothing to worry about. Uh, No way to do this professionally, but Greg Jarrett, when we come back. <laughs> Get more at 971talk.com.